Shareable is part of C-Suite Radio. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this either is or will become your favorite podcast. This is Shareable, the podcast so good, you got to tell someone about it. I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard. In every episode, I talk with someone about the impact that people and technology have had on their career and their lives. So, let's get to it. What up, Shareable family? Check it out. Today's guest is awesome. Yo, I got to speak to Santos Gonzalez. Full disclosure, Santos is a client of mine at True Voice Media. He is the CEO and founder of Mainstream, which is a beauty on demand app. For lack of a better way of saying it, it's like Uber for beauty. Imagine you want to get a haircut or nails done or massage or a blowout delivered right to you. It's a pretty cool concept. Scratch that. It's a really cool concept. But even cooler than that is the conversation I get to have with Santos because this dude is sharp as a tack and he is just so much fun to work with, honestly, as as a client, even if he weren't a, a client, Santos and I would be friends because he is just somebody who is full of knowledge, full of value, and he's so humble, but at the same time, he's confident. Um, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I had such a good time talking with Santos, and I learned a whole new side to him that I didn't even know, and I literally see the guy almost every day. Um, so tune in, listen in, enjoy yourself, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it because this episode, it's shareable. Welcome back to Shareable, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, enough of that. Uh, this is Shareable, and I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard, but you already knew that. But what you don't know is who I'm talking to today. So I'm going to let the mystery hang in the air for just a second. All right, now that it's hung in the air for just a little too long, who are you? So, Jeff and listeners, my name is Santos Gonzalez. I am the CEO and founder of Mainstream. And if you haven't heard of Mainstream, it is an on-demand beauty and wellness app delivering hair services, makeup services, nail services, and massage services directly to your home, office, or hotel in as little as 45 minutes. We are the Uber for beauty. I love it. And you know, so many of uh, today's pitches uh, will include the Uber of, but you guys really are the Uber of beauty. And full disclosure for my listeners, Santos and I are homies. So that's the first disclosure. The second one is that Mainstream is also a client of my agency, True Voice Media, and we have been working together uh, with some Facebook ads and some small sales funnel optimization type stuff, app installs and things like that. Uh, but probably more importantly, Santos and I are uh, friends that met at WeWork, the beauty of co-working. And um, one of the reasons I wanted to have him on the show is because he is such a fascinating dude with an interesting background. So Santos, that is why you're here. You're my homie and you're interesting. Love it. <laughs> so uh, I always do this thing at the beginning of the show where I like to set the context and figure out how people use technology because it helps to set the frame for me. So I know if I'm talking to somebody who's particularly tech savvy or someone who's kind of behind the times. So I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions and I want you to give me your most honest, raw and real answer. So would you consider yourself an early adopter or a late adopter or somewhere in between? Early adopter. Early adopter. So you like to be on the cutting edge of things. Try things out. See how they work. Tinker, poke, play, break it. As long as I can afford it, I'm trying it. 
Awesome. So uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, rate yourself in technology usage. And you can use this 1 to 10 scale however you want in comparison to others, in comparison to your ideal what a 10 would be or however you want. But 10 being you are super proficient in whatever that means to you and 1 being like, I don't know. I would say I'm an 8. I'm an 8. I, I, I like to try everything. And sometimes um, that's actually a curse sometimes because as soon as I find something I like, I hear about something else and I jump to the new, the new, the new technology. So, uh, but I would say about eight. Okay, cool. Um, if you were to pick one of these, you know, you go onto the internet and there are four different activities I'm going to list for you. I want you to pick which one you think you're more likely to do. Just you open up your phone, you open up your laptop and you hit the internet and you do one of these things regarding content. Do you create content? Do you curate content, meaning find it from all over, organize it, and reshare it? Do you comment on other people's stuff, or do you just kind of passively watch? I curate. All right, so you find other things that you like that other people have created, and you kind of put your stamp of approval on it and reshare that to others as a form of endorsement or curation. Correct. But when I do create content, I usually have an idea and I pitch it to my staff and my staff helps create it for me to make it all beautiful, put the bells and whistles on it and make people, you know, want to read it and want to love it. So you're kind of a curation inspired visionary. There we go. You hit it on the head. Yeah. You know, that's kind of one of the things I do is I, I hit things on the head. So final quick question about the technology thing. And I am pretty sure that I remember the answer to this, but are you an iPhone or an Android user? I'm an iPhone user. 100%. Nice. All right. So, um, I'm not sure how much context I even gave you about this show. I think I've mentioned it in passing to you a couple times before. I was like, dude, you need to be on the show. But uh, the show is this show is about the impact that people and technology have in our lives and how they've shaped who we become as human beings, how they've shaped our careers, how they shaped even our personal relationships. I'm really fascinated by the overlap of those two things. So I want to dig in a little bit into your life and your experiences and talk to you a bit about how technology and people have impacted your life. So at the top of it, I really want to start with the technology piece because I think it naturally leads into the people. But talk to me about how the way you've chosen to relate to technology your your decision or I guess inspiration or instinct to be an early adopter, how that's impacted your career and potentially even how it's impacted your life, the sort of relationships you've been able to make or the progress you've been able to make in your career. Talk to me a little bit about that. And, and Jeff, you know, that, that's a thank you for kind of teeing that up because, you know, technology has literally inspired me uh, for the past, you know, 20 years or whatever it may be. And, you know, I've always been, um, even though technology moves so fast, I've always been enthralled with the opportunity to move even faster. Um, so I'll give you a couple of examples. When I was in college, and I'm probably going to you know, let people know kind of how old I am, but um, I'll, I'll keep them guessing. But when I was in college, there wasn't really audiobooks out there yet. You know, when the, when that iPod came out and people started, you know, not only listening to music, but listening to audiobooks, I was a little bit ahead of that curve where I decided when the real estate market was booming, I decided to take it upon myself as a college student to write a book um, teaching people how to make money flipping houses with no money down. Simple concept. Everyone's heard of it. But when I wrote the book, I said, you know what, let me get this narrated and let me actually turn it into an audiobook. And when I say an audiobook, I just literally turned it into an audio file. I had someone come to the studio and they, they read the entire book. They chopped it up in chapters and I, I put it in this file and I built a website around it at the time. And I was using, I don't even know what, uh, what platform I was using to build a website, but it was something like off of Yahoo. So it was a while ago. 
And I said, let me let me push this book out. I was always interested in and enthralled by um, uh, advertising online as well. So I was just doing Google pay per click when it was very early, and I started promoting this website. And it was this book that I wrote. I didn't get it published or anything. Full disclosure, and um, I was selling it for like twelve ninety nine. And I'm advertising this audio book, and people were buying it. And I'm like, what? People are buying my book, you know? And um, so then I said, all right, let me raise the price. I raised it from $12.99 to $24.99. It was still selling. Then I raised it up to $79.99. And I was selling this audio book online where I, it took me, you know, a couple weeks to make. And people were buying this book. I had no overhead. They were just buying this book. And I was actually charging them additional fees to get an hour or two um, conversation with me on the phone with any questions. And I was like, wait, wow. Because I was a little bit ahead of the curve, I was able to just put something on the internet that people were buying, utilizing, and, and actually um, implementing the content that they were they were using, and it blew my mind that I was able to take a concept and actually sell it and distribute it all across the United States um, through just using some simple advertising tools. So that was, I think, the the spark that really showed me that wait, I want to be in this space. And when I'm in this space, I'm going to constantly be the single leader um, to build technology or have something that ties into technology, but at the forefront of the space. So after graduating college, I ended up um, selling real estate uh, full time. Um, and during during that time, real estate was it was the wild, wild west. Right. We were selling properties left over. Right. Everybody was a buyer. Um, and I was doing an incredibly good job. And at the time. Um, the, the company called the Philadelphia Inquirer had a real estate advertising department, the newspaper, and they were bleeding um, revenue. They were losing a substantial amount of revenue month over month. And I guess they saw my advertising um, online and, and, and all over the place, and they asked me to come in for an interview. And I'm like, why is this newspaper company asking me to come in for an interview, but why not? Because at this time, the real estate market started to, started to go the other way met with these guys. I told them, you know, all these ideas that I had that I could potentially implement in this company. And as, as I left the, the meeting with the chief operating officer, I said, OK, well, I'll follow up. I'll do a follow up email and hopefully we can have another meeting to see if I'm the right fit for your company. He said, no, no need to um, email me back or come in back in. You're, you're hired. Start on Tuesday. So I was like, OK, so I had to make that decision of being I guess, you know, when you're selling real estate, you're an entrepreneur. Um, so I was used to that. But then I was like, well, wait, I could use my con concepts and ideas, but have a ton of resources behind it. Because at the time, and you know, the, the, the newspaper industry is so big, there's so many dollars that are feeding through the company, you have pretty much endless resources. So I, I decided to take the plunge. And I was like, wow, this is kind of easy. Everybody that was um, at the organization was thinking a very linear way. Everyone was thinking the same, doing the same thing, going through the same motions. And I just went in there and I just threw a ton of ideas at the wall and said, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Out of the three things that I would pitch, the, 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 my manager at the time, uh, he would literally pull me in the office and say, Santos, this isn't going to work. You're crazy. Please don't waste your time doing it. I would go back to my, uh, my cubicle at the time and start doing it anyway, right? Because I knew it would work. So then, you know, months down the road, I would, I ended up going into my manager's office and I said, Hey, you know, I just brought in another hundred thousand dollars of revenue into the company that, you know, was found money. And they're like, wow. So my name ended up ringing bells in the, in the company. I ended up getting promoted over a seven year span. I got promoted nine times. I ended up running the national and local departments. I was responsible for a couple hundred million dollars in revenue. 
But during that time, I built my career in corporate America by breaking every revenue record that exists. I have six revenue records at um, at Philly.com and at, at the Inquirer in the newspaper portion. Um, and then what I want, but but what happened was I was stuck in the newspaper. I'm this tech guy that like wants to, you know, sell, you know, anything that has to do with technology. And I was stuck in this kind of trap because I was doing so well in the newspaper. I couldn't get that bump over to, to Philly.com, the digital side. And I, uh, I interviewed three times. I remember my first two interviews, I got, um, I got rejected for the position, but I'm a very like, when I go after something, I don't stop. By the third interview, I ended up getting the job uh, at Philly.com, and it ended up breaking some incredible records there. One of which, um, again, I'm dating myself because it's it's so like not even exciting anymore. But one of which was with Steve Storty, as we discussed yesterday, uh, from which is now Berkshire Hathaway. He runs all their marketing and and, and digital um, advertising. And basically, what I put together was him. Well, for him was you know how there's banner ads that people run on any website, which is like the the normal thing to do or the pretty basic thing. So what I did was I said, all right, let me work with the tech team at Philly.com and I want to create a searchable ad unit where instead of just having an ad unit, just say Berkshire Hathaway at the time it was Prudential, I said, let me create an interactive ad unit where you can actually, it'll pick up your location. You could drop down what type of house you're looking to see. I want to see a house that's uh, between 300 and 400,000, a three bedroom, two bath in center city, Philadelphia, or whatever it may be. And it actually interacts. You hit search. It reads the back end of Berkshire Hathaway at the time credentials website. And it spits back without leaving the page. It spits back all the data. That's nothing exciting now, but when I when I did that, I was the first person in the country to pitch something like that and have a company built it, and ended up closing the largest contract through Berkshire Hathaway or Prudential at the time, largest contract in Philly.com history, and then other publishers across the country picked it up. They did some articles. That's pretty crazy. Like, I actually don't think that's very commonplace. Still, I mean, you know that you know we work a lot in ads together, but like. I look at it a lot of the different types of advertisements that are out there, and most have not expanded beyond the display thing. So that I still think that's a pretty forward-thinking thing that you did back then. So well, so thank you. And that was one of the things that even at the time, my boss was like, when I uh, when I went to go do the pitch, I said, "Listen, this is what I'm going in there and I'm pitching them. We didn't have it built yet." He's like, "You're going to close this deal, and you're not going to be able to deliver." And I looked him in the eyes and said, "Watch me." I closed the deal, signed the contract, got the check, and went into the tech team. And in two weeks, we built the technology, and it it ran for a couple of years until I left there. But it ended up bringing a, a company that was all print. We couldn't pull them into digital. I ended up pulling them into digital and closing the largest contract in history on the digital side, and it was a win all the way around. So you know th that's just another example, and I have another handful of those type of examples of. You know, just thinking about what's next, not not seeing what's out there and let's say, oh, let's utilize this, let's utilize this. How can we tweak it? How can we make it better? How can we make it stronger? And how can we be the first one to do it? Because I find that anytime you push something out new and that's innovative, that's going to get the most attention. So let me ask you this. I mean, I'm, I'm sure in your history that you've got like 20, 30 different examples of, of times you've done that from little things that you just saw as opportunities to, you know, these bigger things. If you put yourself, you know, back in today and you look out into the future and you start thinking about kind of what's coming up next, are there any trends in technology that you're particularly excited about or you see as this is an area that you want to push into and play with a little bit more? 
So there is, but it constantly changes. You know, um, things are happening so fast with mainstream. So I try to kind of keep as an entrepreneur and someone as aggressive as I am. I've, all, I've always been someone who has a project going on, but I have six other projects happening at the same time. This is actually the first time in my life where I have a company that's moving so fast that my mind is strictly on when I say forward thinking technology, it's forward thinking technology that I could build into my current platform. So I do have a couple concepts and a couple of ideas of um, how to take what is currently, you know, an on-demand model and taking it to the next level. Do you have any um, kind of my thoughts in terms of when I see futuristic type things or, you know, present moving into future type technologies? Um, and my knowledge of mainstream, my my thought would be somewhere in artificial intelligence and machine learning so that you can deliver more relevant content to people, lower your costs of personnel internally and things like that. So are, are any of those sort of things on your radar uh, looking out into the future? Yes, absolutely. And, and that, that type of technology, I'm looking to build that into the mainstream platform. Absolutely. I want people to be able to go on our platform be able to, without thinking, just basic data points that the technology um, collects, it'll be able to spit out, you know, the top recommendations for you, that specific individual that lives in Fishtown, that has long brown hair, that, you know, has been washed one too many times, and that is someone who goes out often and understands that person, that individual. It's similar to, like, behavioral targeting, but built into algorithms, into the technology that literally stops your thinking and allows the technology to think for you, and it just makes the whole process – the consumer is going to be a lot more happier. Um, you know, I want this technology to think. I don't want me or my staff to have to think anymore. So let's let's then pivot and go completely 180 on that then. So technology makes our lives easier. It can at least. It can make things faster. It can give you a competitive advantage. But I think there's something else that's that's obviously a force that makes us um, successful in life. And, and part of the reason that you've been successful in life, I would imagine, has something to do with your people skills. You're a very likable guy. You're always smiling. Um, oh, and you, thank you, Jeff. Listen, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to keep up with you, brother. <laughs> so, so, but you've got you know you got a great team around you. Everybody in your office is always smiling. You know, you've got you know the the investors that you've got and all the people that you work with. Everybody, they're great people. Like everybody's got a really good vibe coming off of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you you know you may get a lot of this benefit from technology in your life, but you obviously have also benefited from your ability to interact with people and the people you've surrounded you with. So. Talk to me about someone who's changed your life and, and, and how you became this version of you because our experiences helped to shape us. And I'm sure at some point in your life, someone said the right thing at the right time and it changed your perspective on something or, or it shaped how you decided to interact with people. So talk to me about who some of those influences are that helped to shape you as a person. So uh, the first person that comes to mind is someone who has um, really – molded my work ethic. Um, anytime, whether you're starting a company or you're in corporate America, you're going to go through ups and downs, especially as an entrepreneur, right? There's days and months where you have a ton of wins and it's just like everyone's high five and it's amazing. And there's days and weeks where you're like, holy crap, what are we doing? You know, everything, you know, the sky's falling. So, um, actually the, the first person that comes to mind is the person that I actually was, uh, mentioning a little bit earlier, the chief operating officer of the Inquirer. So this guy, um, his name uh, was Mark Frisbee, and um, 
he came from an area in New Jersey that wasn't known as one of the nicest areas. Uh, he, he was a um, had six or seven brothers, and his family I knew from you know kind of hearing about him didn't come from much. He never graduated college, and after that meeting, he asked me. He said, "Well, Santos, do you have any questions for me?" And I said, "You know what I do? How does someone?" from your background, grew up single family home and, you know, no, no real money, didn't go to college. How do you become the chief operating officer of the largest media company in the fourth largest market in the United States? And he said, it's simple. He said, I outworked everyone that was around me, below me, beside me, above me. He said, as I, as I started my career and had my first opportunity, I would look at my boss and I would watch what he did. I would watch what he didn't do. And I would tell myself in six months, I'm going to take his position. And I would work. I would come in extra early. I would leave extra late. And he said, I did that for the past 10 years. And now he's sitting pretty making, you know, buku dollars, beautiful houses, beautiful family, you know, is, you know, uh, a, a senior leader in, in a large media company. And I walked out of that office like, wow, like the formula is that simple. Like if I can outwork anyone around me and I could never give up, I, I really felt that I couldn't lose. And I think that was the, one of the biggest things that I remember that really, so in those times where it was just like, you know, the numbers aren't right, or, you know, this didn't work, or that deal didn't happen, or, you know, this partnership isn't working, or whatever it may be, like, and you're, and you're down on yourself, I'm like, you know what? Let me just keep pushing, keep pushing, and keep pushing. And, and, and that has literally... I think has kept me on a, a trajectory that has been forward moving up. And, you know, if you could survive long enough for the good days, you're going to win. That's what's up, man. So, okay. So, so you've had this, uh, the, the technology has given you the boost. You talk to this guy, he shapes your career and work ethic in the sense where you, you have this now superpower that you can kind of dig into when, when it hits the fan, you decide, you know what, I can dig deeper, I can work harder and just be patient, keep pushing forward. So these are some things that you've learned, they've helped shape who you are. When you look back, though, your career, as you know, as an entrepreneur has been a series of ups and downs. And even when you work for other companies, it is. Can you look back and look on anything and say, you know what, if I had only learned this one lesson earlier in my career, if maybe when I was 23, I, I knew this that I know now. What's the sort of thing that you wish you could go back and maybe pass on for our listeners of something that you've learned along the way as a lesson that if you had known it earlier might have accelerated your trajectory even faster? So I think there's, there's, there's a couple things, but the, the one that I want to um, highlight is, um, is one of my mentors. Uh, he was a manager um, at the time um, at Philly.com. And um, I started in corporate, corporate America at a young age. Well, I, I think it was a young age at uh, 23 years old. And any any one of my colleagues, they were you know anywhere from 10 to 15 years older than me. So I was like the baby in there. And I always had a thing about like respect. Like I was always fearful that people didn't respect my thoughts, my ideas, my work ethic because of my age. And um, sometimes, you know, I, I would kind of do things that, that would kind of be a little bit over the top how to earn that respect and different things like that. But this one guy, um, his name is Kevin Stetter. Kevin Stetter, um, he ended up uh, after blowing, you know, building Philly.com, you know, 10 times. So what it you know, was when he started there, he ended up running both the newspaper and the 
dot com side, and he ended up promoting me, and uh, he he kind of was a mentor and made me kind of his right hand man, and you know, and he he again he said, you know, I kind of walked in his office one day and I said, Kevin, what you know, you know what how do how do you do this, man? Like you're killing it, and he's like, well, Santos, the number one thing for me is I treat everyone with a hundred percent respect. I don't care if they are the CEO of a company, the janitor, the window washer, an employee, the manager, junior manager, whatever. I treat everyone the same and I treat them all with respect and I take the time that they deserve and listen to them and appreciate them. And um, I knew that as a person, I feel like I was raised in a respectful way, but like coming from someone that was successful and someone that I looked up to and, and he was a you know mentor to me to hear how important that was to him, it made me watch him a little bit closer. And it made me watch how people interacted with him. Because what I realized was people at, that was working for him, they weren't working for the company. They could care less if the company failed, got bought, got sold, went underwater. They wanted to impress him. They wanted to work for him, and they wanted to make him proud. And he had a he had a fleet of people behind him. Again, whether it was his employees or whether the janitor that was making sure that you know everything was organized so he could perform the best that he can. But he really um, uh, put that into his day to day. And I watched these people around him. And and when you can have the right people around you, that's what it's all about. Because I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I never was. And and also he taught me, if I don't know something, I find someone that does. I ask questions all the time. And Jeff, you know, and, and you can relate to this. I come in your office all the time and I ask you what I think sometimes is, is, are dumb questions. And you're like, well, it's not a dumb question. I will ask questions till my face is blue because I know that I don't know everything. And I'm okay with that. And I, But I'm, I love finding talent to fill those voids that I have to make sure we have a stellar team. Santos, this episode has been like completely full of jewels from like start to now. You've you've passed on like so much that I think anybody listening to this should go back and, and review it because there's a lot of lessons in here about one. I, this is a heartwarming moment for me because the show being about technology and, and people, you've really gone through the steps and, and taken us through a lot of I think really valuable lessons that you've learned and, and insights that you have. So I'm going to ask you for just one more because I'm – greedy today. So my, the, the one more thing I want to ask you about is, um, a lot of people listening to this episode will be able to take a lot of things from this episode and shape their perspective and maybe do things a little bit differently, but I want you to get real granular on this and think about some of the things that allow you to be successful, like the, the little things maybe. And I want you to give people one thing that they should go do today, like not wait till tomorrow, not wait until you know next week, but something that they should go do today that you think that will make a positive impact in their life. Okay, this is simple. And, um, and I truly believe this. If whoever's listening to this wants to do something that's going to help them grow and if they're in a bad position and they want to turn that around and move to a positive position, um, open up their phone, their iPhone, Android, whatever it may be, um, and call someone that has inspired them, helped them in the past, and just thank them. Then don't ask for anything. Just thank them. Just say, Joe Smith, whatever it may be, 
I just want to say three years ago, you know, when we were going through this or you were doing this and I was watching you and maybe they don't know this person. Maybe it's someone they see on the Internet and just watch it. Maybe it's sending them a, a DM or something like that. You know what? You've inspired me this much. You've inspired me this much. You you caused me to go from this um, uh, path to, you know, making a right and go, going down this path, which has helped me today, because what that does, people appreciate that, man. What I did, and, and I kind of want to tie this to a small story, real time, what happened yesterday, and I have one of my employees sitting right next to me, and he could, he could vouch for this. I was on the phone with someone who's on our advisory board. Um, his name is Aaron Krause, the CEO and founder of uh, the company Scrub Daddy. And while I was on the phone with him, you know, I wasn't asking for anything. I literally called him to just tell him how much he has inspired um, entrepreneurs in Philadelphia. I've, I've, I've been in multiple conversations. When I say Aaron Krause's name from Scrub Daddy, people's eyes light up and they're like, oh, wow, he was the guy on Shark Tank. They're doing hundreds of millions of dollars. And da, da, da. But, but more importantly than just that, I see that he has put hope in entrepreneurs and people want to be at some level that he's at. Even if they fall 10 times lower than him, they, they're, they're aspi aspiring to be something. And someone who is busy as heck, never has any time, Gets you know phone calls from every person on the planet that wants to kind of compliment him and stuff. But when it was like real like that, and I wasn't asked for anything, he stopped and was like, "You know what, Santos? I don't hear that that often. And you know what? Like that means a lot to me to know that I'm actually impacting people outside of his company, outside of the whole Shark Tank thing, and that he's inspiring people to be better and do better. And again, I didn't want anything from him, but I think that. He'll remember that in 10 years, you know, in, in a couple of years when mainstream is sold and he's no longer on an advisory board and I run into him on the street, he'll remember that. And that'll that'll stick with him. And I think that's so important to really, you know, voice that because we're, we're in, a, in a world that's so fast paced, so fast moving. And, you know, and sometimes that little extra, you know, if I get a phone call for someone that, you know, I have um, inspired, you know what that does to me? That makes that puts that extra battery in my back. That makes me go 10 times further. And I'll remember that that person gave me that extra boost when I needed it. So that's that's my advice. I, I literally have nothing I could possibly add to that to make it any better. So we're just going to move right into rapid fire questions. That was perfect. So here's your rapid fire questions. You ready? Yeah, man. Got your iPhone next to you? I do. What are the apps that are in your dock? Okay. Coming from an unorganized person. I have my phone. I have my mail. Safari and messages. Jesus Christ. It's those are the default ones. I feel like everybody has the default ones. Anyway, uh okay, what's the one application, mobile desktop or web, that you just can't live without because it's just so damn useful? What is the one application? Yeah. One thing one app that you think is just super valuable you can't really live without. Mainstream obviously not included because your hair does look fabulous. I I know this sounds stupid, but my uh American Express app. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's I'm sure they would love to hear that. I'm gonna reach out to him, try and get them to sponsor this episode. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so Santos, all social media sites are gonna be deleted tomorrow. I don't know if you read about this, but thankfully they've embodied me with the ability to appoint someone to save one of them. And I appoint you, Santos, to save one social media site when all the rest are to be deleted. Which which social media site do you keep? MySpace. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you why, because someone texted me 
last week, and they sent me a bunch of pictures from their MySpace. Somehow they got into their MySpace again. I didn't even know it existed anymore. And it had all these lost treasures from years and years and years ago. And I was like, wow, wait, let me see if I could. I never ended up trying to get into my MySpace, but I, I'm like, if I, it's like a time portal, you know? You know, back in the day when people used to, you know, uh, dig a hole and put a bunch of pictures in it and they open it up in 10 years. Well, that's basically what MySpace did. It's a time portal. If you had MySpace back in the day, I advise you to just go in there and just see the nonsense you were doing back then. <laughs> oh, my God. I, You know, it's funny because they did like a pivot for a while and it was like Justin Timberlake got involved and it tried to be a music platform. And, you know, I think if they did have like a whole time capsule portion and relaunched it, you could go back and see your old MySpace. That would be pretty amazing. Um, okay, that's an interesting one. Okay, next. Uh, what's one book that every business person should read? How to build a billion dollar app. How to build a billion dollar app? Yes. Who's it by? Do you know? Uh, let's see. I can tell you and I'll talk while I'll tell you. Um, it is by – I should know this. George Burkowski. Okay. How to build a billion dollar app by George Burkowski. Adding and it to I the list. You, if you're someone out there that wants to build an app, wants to build a piece of technology – there is every, in every chapter of that book, there is something that you're going to go through. And that was one of the things that I, I wish I read that. I read it about a year into building mainstream and I used to get angry at myself because I would read through chapters and I'm like, wait, I went through that and I was so stressed out. I didn't know how it was going to turn out and I thought it was the end of the world. And it literally walks you step by step of how people are going to react to you, how businesses are going to react to you, how the media is going to react to you, what are your ups and downs, what do you need to watch out for, what do you need to do good, what do you need to focus on, and it, it breaks it all down. That's fantastic. All right, I'm going to add that up there. Last rapid-fire question. Santos, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? If I could have any superpower, it would be able to freeze time. Would you age during the freezing of time, or would it just completely – and you could walk around, obviously, during like the frozen time. I would definitely not age. Actually, part of that power would be I would go back uh, for every hour. I would go back um, six months in age. So, yeah. <laughs> all it's right, a combination. freeze time while I reverse age. Free, freeze time, reverse aging. That's a new one. All right, cool. So here's the last part. You were nice enough to set aside some time out of your day and uh, you know come and talk to us and, and drop like an amazing episode with us. So thank you for that. So I want to give you this time right now to completely shamelessly plug anything you want. Let people know where they can find you. Let people know how they can support you, how they can get involved with mainstream on either side of it. Anything you want to talk about right now, this is completely the part where I turn it over to you and I just let you talk about whatever you want to talk. Go for it. Sure. Uh, you guys can find me on Facebook, full name Santos Jamie Gonzalez. You can find me on Instagram, Santos Global is my handle. Um, please follow the mainstream app. You'll love what we're doing on Instagram. You'll love what we're doing on Facebook. On Instagram, our handle is Mainstream App, and that's M-A-N-E, main like hair, S-T-R-E-E-M, app, both on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, and take your time. Uh, please download our app both for iPhone and Android. Take a look at it. Play around. See some of the beauty professionals that are in your area. If, uh, if, you're, if you're a fella, you know, give a gift to your girlfriend, your, your wife, whatever it may be. And Mother's Day is coming up. It's a, great, it's a great gift. We have gift cards available. Check out our website, www.mainstream.com. And um, 
thank you guys. Well, I'm not, I know we're not ending, but thank you guys for listening to this. This guy who's the host of the show, he's absolutely incredible. So I'm looking forward to this thing where we, where we switch sides. So that's all I got. Yeah, that's coming up next. But uh, one more thing I'd add on is uh, that for those that, that aren't familiar with mainstream yet, and this is part you as my client, want to make sure that this gets thrown in there, that it's both for people that are looking to get beauty services. So if you want to get your hair done, your nails done, you want to get a massage or whatever, that's one side of it. The other side is if you are a beauty professional that is listening to this and you are looking for a way to make more money, you're looking to have more freedom in your schedule, things like that, definitely check out the Mainstream Provider app. That's a lot of the work that we've been doing with Mainstream. Um, There's a a new program that uh, we've just put together called Mainstream Plus where you can make a, a lot more money in your career as a beauty professional and have the freedom that I'm sure that you really, really want. So you can learn more about that at mainstream.com slash plus, right? Is that where the website is? Whatever it is, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, and then the final thing is, and, and we'll, you and I will talk about this offline, but um, maybe it makes sense for us to give some sort of a special offer to the shareable community uh, so that they can get on and try out mainstream and maybe look around. Uh, so we'll talk about that offline and put it in the show Let notes. Let me talk about it. It's already done. Promo code Jeff. Promo Boom. code Jeff. Promo code Jeff for 30% off. Booyah. J-E-F-F. Uh, so, Santos, thank you for coming on. This was an incredibly shareable episode. Love it. That was so much fun. I can't even believe the guests that we get. I mean, can you believe the guests that we get? I can, actually. I schedule them. Awesome. Well done. Well, this episode for me was an absolute blast, and I hope everyone listening really enjoyed it. But now that we're in this fun little outro, what should people do next? Hmm. I think they should check us out on iTunes. Definitely go check us out on iTunes, and when you get there, subscribe, drop us a review, and then what's that one last thing we want them to do? I don't know. Share the episode. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's in the name. So please share this episode, tell everyone you know, and we'll see you on the next episode of Shareable. Bye.